If you love the peak, check out The Logic. The Logic is Canada's preeminent tech and business newsroom covering everything from crypto to clean tech. It's an indispensable part of any daily news routine, and it provides in-depth reporting that gives you the real story, not the PR hype. Join influential executives and investors reading The Logic in Canada and beyond. And act now, because today is the final day of The Logic's 75% off Cyber Week sale. Don't miss your last chance to take advantage of their biggest sale ever. That's 75% off a subscription with promo code PEAK, P-E-A-K, at thelogic.co. Hi, I'm Brett Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, November 30th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance and tech all in less than seven minutes. Brett, we neglected to mention this because we were more stuck on Cyber Monday, but Brett, happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah, Jay, to you as well. What have you gotten the kids so far? Well, don't tell them, but I got them Tim Beebs toques. I think it's going to be a sort of custom item that people are going to want over time. So I bought them too, and I think they're going to like it a lot. Yeah, I think they'll like it too. I know you mentioned that you thought there might be some aftermarket resale value. Has that turned out to be the case? Are you still waiting for that to to spike? It it hasn't spiked yet, but I am anxiously watching eBay values of other people's Tim Beebs toques. I'll let you know down the line if we're going to make a big return on the two in the bag that I already have. I will say, I do feel like there is some nostalgic value to those. So if you wait, let's say 20, maybe 30 years, I think that people will look back and be like, those are the days when, when we could buy Tim Beebs toques at your local Tim Hortons. And so, that, you know, maybe then it'll it'll pay off. Well, I really hope so because they were not cheap to begin with. So I'd like to make some money on them. Just so anybody who's wondering, they're like 30 bucks a pop. You'd be lucky if those get to 60. That's my bet. Oh, man. Luck. Anyway, well, I bought I bought you one anyway. So you'll you'll be wearing one not, just like I'm not going to wear that. I'm not going to wear that. <laughs> Brett, aside from Tim Beebs hats, what do we have for Peak Dolls today? For our first story, Team Canada and Mexico. For our second story, Goodbye, Jack. And for our third story, Electric Leaf. For our first story, Canada is teaming up with Mexico to challenge the U.S.'s rules to determine where car parts are made. Brett, I thought the U.S., Canada, and Mexico were the three amigos, but now it seems like one amigo isn't playing nice. What's going on? In an opening sentence, for the first time, I heard your Boston accent. (laughs) So the trade grievance continues. First, it was the EV tax credit that incentivizes buyers of electric vehicles made by U.S. union workers. Then it was the doubling of duties on our softwood lumber. And now, after all that, we're getting screwed by duties on our auto parts, which Canadian and Mexican automakers think should be tariff free. And to fight the U.S.'s position, the Canadian and Mexican governments are teaming up to put pressure on the Americans' strict interpretation of which parts come from North America versus which ones come from overseas. North American parts are supposed to be shipped duty-free to U.S. manufacturers, but recently the U.S. has been designating some Canadian-Mexican parts as foreign. So, Brett, why should people else care about the Mexican-Canadian Auto Parts Alliance? When President Biden was elected, everyone thought that him and Trudeau would be best friends. But if you looked really closely at what Biden was proposing on the campaign, he was bound to take a much more pro-American view when it came to manufacturing and trade and sale of their own products in other countries. And here's the thing. No matter how much pain they inflict on our industries, whether it be the softwood lumber or electric vehicles or now these auto parts, there's unfortunately not much that we can do about it. And so the Trudeau government is doing the best they can, which is using coercion. They're getting Canadian divisions of big companies to lobby on their behalf and they're teaming up with our Mexican friends. Will it work? Well, your guess is as good as mine. I wouldn't hold my breath though. For our second story, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey is stepping down soon. Jay, this seems a bit out of the blue. What happened? 
I think you mean out of the blue check. <laughs> so some background, Dorsey co-founded Twitter in 2006 and served as the CEO until 2008 before being reinstated again in 2015. After leaving Twitter's CEO role in 2008, he founded fintech firm Square, where he's still also the CEO. Also, this is kind of unrelated, Brett, but he, his beard game has become very, very strong during his tenure. From one beard wearer to another, you respect yes, his beard. Yeah. I respect his beard a lot. While his beard receives great reviews, his tenure at Twitter has received mixed reviews. Twitter missed earnings and revenue expectations set up by analysts last quarter and has lagged in revenue behind its social media counterparts. But the product has clearly gotten better since he returned. And once on its deathbed, some analysts see a bright future for the platform. As a non-beard wearer myself, I look more at his business acumen than his ability to grow facial hair, which is what I think everyone should be judged by. But Dorsey himself said that he's leaving because he thinks the company is ready to move on from its founders, and he's appointed the company's CEO, CTO, Parag Agarwal, as his successor. So, Jay, why should Peak Pals care about Jack leaving one of his CEO roles? Well, at Twitter has some big plans. They say they're executing against an ambitious multi-year plan to dramatically increase the company's reach and value. And it'll be interesting to see if Parag is up to the job. But also, maybe Dorsey sees fintech as the more happening space right now. It was just yesterday we talked about the ramp up of BNPL, buy now, pay later. So maybe he's onto something. And breaking news, by the way, I just saw a leaked screenshot that Twitter may be offering wallets to their users for Bitcoin and Ethereum. I don't know. Hey, sorry to jump in. It's Brett, and I wanted to let you know that today's Peak Daily is sponsored by Outreach.io. Outreach is the first and only engagement and intelligence platform built by revenue innovators for revenue innovators. Outreach allows you to commit to accurate sales forecasting, replace manual processes with real-time guidance, and unlock actionable customer intelligence that guides you and your team to win more often. Traditional tools don't work in a hybrid sales world. Find out why Outreach is the right solution at click.outreach.io slash the peak. For our last story, Nissan is launching an $18 billion electric vehicle initiative. Brett, what's going on with Nissan? EVs are nothing new to Nissan. They've actually been a pioneer in the space, introducing their first EV in 1997 and its popular Leaf model in 2010. And believe it or not, in 2018, its best-selling Leaf model was just behind Tesla Model 3 in the number of units sold. Their goal is to get to a 50% electrification mix for its Nissan and Infiniti brands by the end of the decade, and they're investing $18 billion to get there. This comes at a time when EVs are all the rage as countries move to reduce their carbon footprint. Between Tesla and Rivian and Ford and GM's big shift to electrification, EVs are looking like one of the most competitive spaces in business. So, Brett, why should people else care about Nissan's rush back to EVs? Well, one interesting thing about this move is how it appears that Nissan is falling behind in their electrification efforts despite the early start. The Leaf was truly an innovative vehicle, but it doesn't appear like the company really capitalized on that head start. And now, and now it's start playing catch up, Jay. Peepels, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, happy Hanukkah, man. Happy Hanukkah.